Welcome to the Everyman Upland Podcast, Season 2, uh, even though there wasn't really a close to Season 1. Uh, we'll get to that in just a minute. I'm your host, Sam Baker, joined by pretty regular co-host, Caleb Norman. How's it going? Yep, and uh, regular contributor, uh, Jace Brooks. What you doing, man? What's going on, guys? Well, um, I mentioned uh, this uh this is season two also brought to you by quail ridge plantation 52 seasons in the books yep. now so uh officially by, officially by the time you can book a trip you'll be into the 53rd season so go to quailridgeplantation.com uh book a trip i'm gonna offer you a few tips based on this season um try to book early december <laughs> uh or you know, November, a lot of people came. We got, we topped like 84 degrees, uh, late February, early March. And that was rough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know South Georgia weather is unpredictable. You never know what you're going to get, but if you can get in January, February usually fills up pretty fast by all means try, but that early December season's pretty good if you can do it and enjoyable weather yeah yeah you'll be hunting in the better weather um so guys something i learned this year big takeaway from the season is that it's very difficult to produce content and hunt and guide as much as i hunted and guided this season um when henry comes back on the show he can attest He's been even busier than I have. Our January, February was slammed, just booked wall to wall guiding, and um, and when I wasn't guiding, I was out there with Caleb <laughs> hunting, and so uh, podcasting kind of took a back seat. And I really apologize for that. I know people have asked us like, "Where's the next show? Are you guys going to keep doing it?" Yes, we are going to keep doing it. So. Just to kick off this season, we're at the end of the bird season. Pretty much everything's done. We got a little bit of preserve hunting left to the end of March. But we're going to go over our top five lessons learned from this season. So I haven't heard the other two guys' list. These might be super insightful, super simple. I don't know what we're going to get. A little bit of both. Yeah, a little bit of both. What do you think, Jace? Super yeah. insightful? Uh, it'll be all of the above. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited. Um, so I don't know if I wrote mine in order. I loosely, I just brainstormed and then I kind of listed out how I wanted to do the order. But Yeah, I did the same. I didn't really. But you could really. Order. I just, just yeah. kind of spitballed them. Yeah, but you could really change it up in the order. Yeah, the yeah. Way, I mean, I have one that I think is like my my number one. Like this is the big thing I yeah. took away. So I'm gonna save that for the end. So yeah. who so wants, are we gonna go down? Yeah, we're gonna five, we're gonna count four. down. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna count down. We're gonna start with that right. that number leave five. Them, leave them wanting more. That's okay. right. So who wants to go first? Do we need to? Shoot, I'll, I'll crank it up. I oh. thought you might. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not one to sit around. So, um, so I guess we'll just do one through five, but 
uh, or if we want to switch off. Oh, no, we're just going to go five, five, five. five. Yeah, we'll go five, five, five. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, my number five would be, um, let's see. I, this one was, was one that I just kind of, after thinking through my season and just seasons in the past, I just put, I'm thankful and grateful for the ability to pursue wild critters on public and private land. So for me, the one lesson learned was just to, to stop and smell the roses. Um, I just thought back on my trip in October up to the North woods in Michigan, pursuing grouse and woodcock, uh, hunting many, many days and hours, uh, public and private on quail and woodcock down here in Georgia. So for me, number five is more or less lesson learned for me was just to kind of take a deep breath. Life gets busy, but in the end we're doing something that we truly love and we're passionate about. And, um, I think for me, it was, uh, for me, number five was, was just to be grateful and to be thankful for what we're able to do and pursue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's good. That's something that comes with age. Yeah. So, yeah. And doing it. Yeah. yeah. And just getting out there and. Okay, cool. Caleb, you next. So I don't know what my number five was. I, I just swapped it up. Um, my original number five was to just cover as much ground as possible. Yeah. Um, because I'm like, like you said, life gets busy. Um, I didn't hunt as much as I wanted to this year, Mm -hmm. but having a young dog, I felt like every, every second I got that I had a chance to go, I needed to go. And if I didn't get the opportunity to go, I felt like I was letting him down, letting myself down. So kind of, Kind of like what you were saying, Jace, just take a step back and enjoy the times you do get to get out there. Yep. And yeah. and really understand that it's something that we do enjoy. So Yeah, for sure. I uh so in that vein, my number five was just to slow down. Yeah. Um in and really cover the ground that you're on, but you know, I've learned a lot about just letting my dogs do the hunting. Yeah. You know, there there's a there's a urgency to to bird hunting and I feel like the more I get out on wild birds, the more I'm just like hang back, let my dogs cover the ground because it seems like every time we found birds, it was cuz we were standing there talking yeah. and my dog was off hunting and then that that GPS thing buzzes and then you go find your dog yeah. on point somewhere. So, and, and just like enjoying the way each dog hunts just to like, and that takes kind of slowing down, not pushing them mm-hmm. through stuff and just le- seeing how, how do they cover the ground? Just let them get out there and figure it out. And that, that kind of leads me to something else. Just being able to, this is really my first season hunting Mm-hmm. a full season wild birds preserve you know with my own dog and getting out there with you sam and henry and his dogs and being able to see other dogs work and like you said just kind of hanging back and taking that all in i mean that's definitely something i learned just yeah paying attention to how different dogs work and kind of incorporating that 
into your training, into your yeah, the way yeah. you hunt. So exactly, I think it's easy to think that dogs are robots. Yeah, sometimes, and that you know, just one dog is like another dog, and they're super individual. Mm. You know, they're individuals that they have their own style, and and I've I'm growing to really enjoy that, yeah. and I think that's come that comes from slowing down now we covered a lot of ground we did. to yeah. be sure but yeah that was kind of my deal my number five nice all right number number four yeah. uh, so for me i put young dogs are a handful mm-hmm. in a ton of work and i think for me uh having briar in his, his first technical season um yeah, young dogs are a handful and a ton of work, but just the reward of seeing that light bulb moment for me, mm. uh, just just learning again that, okay, yeah, it's a handful. Yeah, it's hard work. But in the end of the season, he's he was better than he started. And for me, that, that was super rewarding. So just learning that patience – uh, consistency and some of the work in the off season and, and how that actually does pay off. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just treating every, uh, every session or every, every time we're interacting as a learning experience, uh, for, for the dog, um, for me was, was something that, um, I had to remind myself, uh, Alba being, uh, five going on six, um, it's, it's been a couple years. So for me, it was, it was good to kind of retune and refine on that. Uh, and looking forward to, to having some more, more dogs down the road. So it was a good refresher on, uh, the puppy puppy stage on everything and seeing the light bulb go off. Yeah. That's definitely a cool thing to see. Uh, uh, somebody who's trained, uh, my own dogs, just seeing the, those light bulb moments is kind of and it's luckily, up there. It's like one of the top th- reasons yeah, I do yeah. this. And luckily, yeah. our group has got to see that with several dogs this year. Yeah, because we all had <laughs> super young dogs, and yep. so we're all kind of in that camp. Yeah. yeah, good point. So my number four, Jace, kind of goes along with what you were saying. I said, don't get discouraged by you or your dog progressing slower than expected. Oh, that's good advice. So. Especially my first year having a pointing breed, you know, blowing Sam's phone up, trying to figure out what I need to do next with Atlas. (laughs) So, um, I mean, I'm super happy with where Atlas is. Definitely have to to rein him in a little bit on his uh, manners at home. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But... but that'll come with age as well. That Brittany bark. Right. But uh, but yeah. So don't get discouraged. Keep on keeping on. Yeah, that man. Atlas is the last hunt I did with Atlas. I was like, this dog has something. I'm super excited to see where Atlas is going to be in the coming years as he hits his prime. Because <clears throat> I mean, he's just. He's one to watch. As far as range and sure. goes. Oh, my. His search. Yeah. I think his search and his race are just where you want a dog to be. And that's not what, what I meant do. by reining him in. I don't want to rein that party. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. 
Yeah, he's just he's ready to roll. Yep. I mean, he's just always ready. It's funny though, Atlas and Poppy, so Craig Bangerstall, mm-hmm. both associate me with hunting. <laughs> so every time I like just show up to Caleb's uh, yeah. house, he's if ready. Atlas sees me, he's like, "We are going hunting." <laughs> Game yes. time. Yeah, or any time the back of the Land Cruiser pops, because oh, that's, true. that's yep. the only vehicle I take him in. Yep. Yeah. He's like going crazy. Yeah. It's like, no, that's not where we're going today. We we uh <laughs> stayed with Craig on the way to Asheville. Um, shout out to Bam Hall. Um but uh stayed with Craig and Poppy was like dying because she knew yeah. <laughs> she's like, We must be going hunting. There's no other reason yeah. for Sam to be here. Um so is it my my number yep. four? Yep. Yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with one of the non like really reflect reflective ones. Um, I'm going to say on a very technical level. So Jesse is my first intact female huh. dog, and kind of learning <laughs> the ins and outs of a heat cycle and what it does to the other dogs in my kennel. Yeah. Because it all, it destroyed Lumi. <laughs> Lumi went down for like, just as long as Jesse was in heat, you know, I kept them separated, but he just lost his ever-loving mind. <laughs> Got depressed at some points. I mean, he was worse than Jesse was during Jesse's heat. I mean, it was awful. <laughs> It was awful. Like he was, he was awful. Not her. She just had, you know, the heat to deal with and keeping her separated and, and having to do that. And I know I've learned that by summer, so six months from now, I can assume she's going to go into heat again. I need to be more ready than I was, uh, because. But maybe by then you'll have the dog room complete, so that'll be a yeah, lot yeah. Easier. So the barn is really <laughs> make it a little easier. Yeah, the the Kent new kennel facility is kind of taking shape, so I think I will have that situation more on lock. Oh God, six months from now, I pray to God I have it's ready. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, just that whole, you know, I knew like I've been around it. I've been around bird dogs on this, like, okay, this dog's in heat, so maybe don't hunt her or whatever. Got to be careful. But having one at my house and affecting my other dogs 24-7, not just while I'm at work or right. hunting, was kind of a new thing. And uh, I know there's people listening right now like, duh. They're like, oh, <laughs> they've got female dogs, and they're like, duh. But it just came as a little bit. I had to make some phone calls to be like, uh, to actually Lumi's breeder to be like, um, <laughs> so does your dog just like freak out and get depressed during another dog in heat? They're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have said that's normal. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's normal. Good. <laughs> just making sure. So that's my number uh, four. Four. Yeah. Sweet. So number three for me was, um, I think something I learned this year. And I think I've, I've, I mean, I relearned this every single year, but something that stood out to me this year was, um, you don't need a full day or a half day to hunt. 
Um, I, for me, I had a lot of success, short little 20, 30 minute runs after work. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially on, on the, the Woodcock, um, uh, for me, it's, it's something easy. I can, I can just have the dogs. I mean, they, they're basically with me every day with work. So have the dogs with me, throw their collars on, grab the 28 gauge and, and just roll out for 20, 30 minutes. Um, and, and having, having, I'm fortunate I have some spots around town that I can kind of jump into quickly. Um, but also just not, uh, not being discouraged by just doing a 20 or 30 minute run. There was plenty of times this season where, I mean, I literally had 20 minutes till, uh, till, till dawn, basically till the sun goes down. And I I was like, you know what? I need to run the dogs. Um, if I have success, great. If I don't, I at least got them to have some exercise and Mm -hmm. got the opportunity to run them. I think for me, um, just, getting every last minute in, um, allowing the dogs to get some work, um, allowing them to, because I felt, uh, similar Caleb to where with the young dog, you're just, you're wanting them to get reps. Right. And, yeah. uh, if you're waiting for your, a full or a half day on a, a weekend or, uh, whatever, you're limited on those days. Mm-hmm. And, um, so just trying to get that time in for me was, was super crucial. And something that I learned this year was, was to to take those opportunities and just just go for it, festival yeah. um, or not. It's a good learning experience. Absolutely, yeah, exactly, yeah. That's that's good. All right, I'm gonna kind of group two together because I had more than five. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, learn. big big learning season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they don't really. They kind of are similar anyway. Don't pay too much attention to social media experts in quotations. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Including us. Yeah. I mean, yeah, especially yeah. with a puppy. I mean, obviously, they're only going to post the positives. Oh, yeah. To fluff their, which is Agreed. normal. Yeah. I do the same. Yeah, yeah. But. Nobody wants to see like, oh, we had a terrible yeah, day. Exactly. He chewed all my boots to pieces, <laughs> lost one of my collars, and crapped all over my exactly. truck. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this kind of goes hand in hand, but a little bit different. All of the newest slash most expensive gear or gadgets aren't necessary to get out and have fun learning with your dogs. Dang. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Y'all are robbing mine. Because I can't. Because yeah. I can't. I mean... This goes with anything, fishing, hunting, yeah. deer hunting, you know, I'm into archery, so the newest, best thing, yeah. you know, I always just... You are part of the Finer Things yeah, Club. Yeah, I am. Caleb does have <laughs> nice stuff. <laughs> but, well, it's not a not a bad thing, but like you're saying, Caleb, it's, it, it kind of robs you of, of your happiness yeah. if you're just caught up in the gear. Right. Yeah. And like you said, the entry point for... For Upland, I mean, for some, they're like, well, you got to have the dog, which obviously is is expensive, but also irreplaceable. Right. And all you need is a, a sub-gauge shotgun and some hiking boots, and let's go. Yeah, um, throw some shells in your pocket. That's, that's it. Yep. So, Speaking um, of expensive dogs, I do, <laughs> remind me to circle back to that uh, at the end of the show. Take a mental note. Right. Um, Perfect. <laughs> we may have an announcement 
<laughs> regarding <Perfect>. dogs. Um, <laughs> great point. Yeah. Actually, I'll, um, man. So, Jace, you had basically one of mine, and Caleb just had one of mine. I'll, I'll echo Jace because I want to come back to the gear thing, but. Yeah, I, I more shorter hunts. Yeah, I found I like better than fewer bit like trip all day trip yeah. things. Um, especially, sorry, but no, especially with young dogs, yeah. it wears them out. Yeah. Yep. So, a lot of short hunts is going to be more beneficial probably mm-hmm. for the young dogs. And I and. You know, hey, I'm a critic on social media of I'm in a lot of Facebook groups and you see these people running their nine month old or six month old, whatever, not even a year old dog. They're out there running them all day mm-hmm. and asking questions like, you know, <laughs> why does my dog can't smell a bird at the end of the day? Well, because he's wore out. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've worn him completely out. These dogs don't have completed joints exactly yeah and you know they're only really good for about an hour at a time and they need a significant rest mm-hmm. which Myself is hard to do you know th- yeah. but even you know i think back to doran we had that long run making yourself take a one hour mm-hmm. rest is difficult to that's do. tough because you get antsy like you, you want to get back out there the, I'm going to add the more shorter hunts coupled with young dogs is that a big thing I kept telling myself is your dog, your, you're not going to make a bird dog keeping them in the box. You've got to put them on the ground. Yep. Even if they're not ready, they're not disciplined, they're not trained. If you want them to get used to wild birds, you got to put them on the ground. Otherwise, yeah, you're not going to make a bird dog in the backyard or in a dog box. You got to put them on the ground. And, yeah, it's frustrating sometimes, but you're going to watch coveys fly away. It's all part of it, though. And uh, you can just hope that two years from now, you're going to have a really great bird dog and your your covey counts are going to go up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one. Put your dog on the ground. That's my number. Way on three, three. Yeah. That's yep. My number three. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. So my number four. Um, just kind of also thinking back on the season that public land uh, quail and woodcock hunts can kind of be a daunting task, um, especially when you start looking at some of these tracks and just the vast acreage that they are. Um, but for me, I think I learned that. Stay true to your game plan, be flexible, and keep pushing brush. Um, I think just in doing those three things, you can really, really, really learn a lot along the way. And, hey, you might kill some birds or you may not, but in the end, like what you just were saying, the dogs will get some reps. Um, You get to kind of better understand the landscape. Um, Even if a covey of – is busted you at least kind of are able to triangulate all right this is the habitat they were in this is the situation okay i can better understand okay it's mid-morning 
uh, the birds are, are coming off roost and they're uh, kind of in a feeding uh, time right now. Okay, well, they might be on the edge or they might be kind of on the edge of, of an open field. Uh, I think I think back on that, that covey of quail on, on public land that we we got on. Yeah, um, that's right. Mm-hmm. And we kind of we talked through the situation and where the birds should be. And we we walked a lot. And next thing you know, we ran up on some birds. Yep. And got got a shot on one and uh had a huge covey and guess what? They were right on the edge of private, but uh where of course they flushed to, but yeah, they in, knew. They knew they knew exactly went. where where they needed to be, but yeah. for us, we were able to kind of make notes uh mentally but also out loud. We're sitting there talking through it like, man, we connected the dots on this and made made this work. Um we had young dogs on the ground. Um so, I mean, that, those are the type of things for me is it can be a daunting task of, of hunting quail and woodcock in, south, in the south, but in the end, have a game plan, stay true to it, be flexible though, and in the end, you got to push brush. You got to put one foot in front of the other and yeah. cover some ground and, and learn, learn the terrain, learn the birds, where they're going to be. Yeah, even though, you know, I mentioned earlier, hanging back watching the dogs it still requires walking a tremendous amount but you're also building data for later yeah i mean yep. like like yep. jace was just saying you know you're taking this all in taking the the terrain the the conditions mm-hmm. and that's just building your your data for later for yep. sure. to be more efficient in, in the long run mm-hmm all right, so number two, this kind of is the opposite of of my number three. Where my number three was, don't pay too much attention to the social media experts. But my <laughs> number two is, pay attention to your peers slash mentors and the way that they hunt with their dogs. Mm. So people that you can actually see in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and take their advice and you know, see what they're about instead of focusing on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Or, so or find that, find that person. Yeah. Basically. Cause I know we talked about that in several other episodes is mm-hmm. find people. If you're new to this, like I am this year, find somebody yeah. that you can talk to and go out with and find a hunting buddy, you know? Yeah, for sure. So that was huge for me this year. Yeah, we've got a question actually from at CJ Moore 580 on Instagram asking he wants to get into upland hunting. I assume it's a he. Um, wants to get into upland hunting and is looking for a mentor. What is the best place to find one? Ooh, that's tough. <laughs> that is tough. That's tough. <laughs> I would say um, quickly... It depends on where you're at, yeah. first of all, in the world. Your mentor might be – I'm going to just rattle off some possibilities. One is going to be um, like a Quail Forever type organization that has like banquets and field yeah. days and stuff like that. Might be a good place to go like meet some people in person and shake some hands and, and talk about uh, that kind of thing. I think going – uh, Nastra 
will yeah. be, will yeah, be I was gonna a say good field trial. I'll say trials. Yeah. Trials are always a good. I mean, yeah. you've got even, even if it's a a friendly trial, it doesn't right. have That's to right. be. You know, American field. I would probably age. suggest going to a friendly trial to find a mentor yep. instead of. Yeah, because those the big shows are really competitive. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know how accessible right. the dog handlers are going to be. But in Nastra, it's kind of built around like a mentor mm-hmm. system. So I think, especially if you're in Georgia, Gerald Panel, Gerald Panel is going to be there at those field trials. Which I hunted with this year. Yeah, Caleb got to meet Gerald. And uh, he could, he's, could introduce oh, yeah. you to a lot of people, possibly from your area. So um, Nastra is you might you might not even want to like join nastra or field trial your dog mm-hmm. but it's going to be a good place to meet people who are doing this like-minded yeah and yeah. well and like caleb said too right, you're able to see other people's style of hunting mm-hmm. uh commands demeanor all the things too while you're at those things and use that as opportunity to learn right yeah you could so, also do right. like the AKC stuff and the uh, NAVDA, mm-hmm. you you could do UKC. I think has been I've, uh, talked to some very friendly people in UKC circles. Um, also, you know, if you bought a if you have a dog, I, so if you've made the step to get a dog, um, talk to your breeder. You know, they may know some people in your area that they can put you in contact with. But I, I really think now those field trial organizations are going to be pretty, like, your best bet mm-hmm. for it or your conservation organizations, depending on where you are. Because yeah. I know some of, like, QF chapters are more conservation. It's going to be a lot of private landowners. Right. Um and then there's going to be some that are like a lot more hunt hunt centered. Mm-hmm. So just depends on where you are. And get out on public land and hunt and you'll meet guys out there. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We don't see a ton of people no, but... out there, but the people you do see, you know, yeah. talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you're like a super introvert I don't know. <laughs> you know, you're just going to have to get out of your comfort zone and shake some hands. I have a yep. feeling Jace it doesn't have that problem. And no, just, no. Uh, <laughs> could walk over to anybody. But also, I mean, there's some, like, check with, you know, if you live in a small town, kind of just ask around who yeah. does it. You know, yeah. somebody yeah. probably hunts or did hunt at one time or maybe somebody was into it a while back and you know you can get them back into it but you know one thing you want to avoid when looking for a mentor is asking them where to hunt where they find birds (laughs) where they hunt you know that'll be a good way to deter someone from uh i'll say this too um I mean, this will be a little bit more expensive, but going in and doing hunts at Quail Ridge, go to like around me, there's a couple preserves, like going to those places, meeting those guys and building rapport and relationships with those guys and 
really, I mean, those are opportunities as well. Yeah. Um, and you'll yeah, also but, figure out, is this something you want to do? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. You can find out really quick. Yeah. Um, so I, I think those are, I think those are some pretty good takeaways on that. And here's the deal too. We don't know everything, but I know for me, I've had a few folks reach out throughout the season and I mean, I love being able to help out in any way. And I know y'all are the same. So, yeah. um, I think, for me, and it, this actually transitions really well because my number five was introduce a new hunter or someone interested in upland. Mm-hmm. I've, I've constantly got people asking me, man, I would really love, I love seeing your dogs. I love, I'd love to get out there and hunt and, and actually following up with that. So I've got a few buds that um, took this season and I mean, they are loving every second of bird hunting now. And I'm not going to say that they wouldn't be wouldn't get into bird hunting without me, but they definitely are encouraged um, by by having a lot more opportunities. So, um, so yeah, yes, having a dog is important, but the best next thing is having a bud that has a dog. Mm-hmm. So for for me, I, I try to use that as an opportunity to to introduce folks to Upland. Um, I've actually got a bud that his son is turning eight or nine. I can't remember, but we're, uh, we did a little release bird hunt earlier in the year, had a bunch of, uh, buds have their, their young kids out there. And, uh, for his birthday present, we're going to do again, do some release birds and have some of his young friends out there and really just teach them the ins and outs of Upland, uh, let them see the dogs work and shoot a couple birds and really just kind of, be that mentor, uh, introduce them to Upland and, uh, show them what it's all about and just get them plugged in. And I, I mean, I've got two guys that come to mind for me that, um, they're on fire. I mean, they've got dogs now they're hungry for, they're hungry to learn. Uh, I've even got a bud that's got a dog that's been at his house and haven't really worked it for three or four years. And now he's, he's starting to get it plugged in and starting to get motivated to, um, to really get the dog working. And I think with that said too, is I kind of, as a, as a joke, uh, kind of have the, the planet fitness environment, have a no judgment zone. Yeah. And like we said earlier about you can't, the dog can't learn if it's in the dog box. So beef for, for all of us that are a little bit, uh, more in tune or, or able have a lot more opportunities uh, for me, I've had to take a step back and kind of, okay, well, this dog might bust a couple cubbies, but he's not going to learn if, if he doesn't get put on the ground type yeah, deal. So sure. I think for us uh, all together, for me, I, w- I learned a lot this season by introducing new folks, trying to help out as much as I can and really just advocate for Upland and, and show what our passions are and, and to be be that, that light in this, this Upland world that yeah, we can be. Yeah. For sure. Um, we could do a whole episode on mentors and how to find mentors and what not to do when you're looking for a mentor. Um, one of my big turnoffs is people looking for me to guide them on a yeah. hunt for free. Yeah. That's not mentoring. Like mentoring is like you show up ready to work, mm-hmm. ready to do the work, um, and learn. But you know, uh, anyway, I think we could do a whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Did you get your number four or number two? Whatever. Yeah, we're doing. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So I'm. We're on one, right? We're on the last one. No, I didn't do my number oh, four. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna. Man, I don't know. I kind of left. These are out of order, but whatever. I'm going to. Yeah, I'm gonna do this one. I didn't realize. I guess I did realize, but something I really, really learned is how much this is guide specific. So it kind of preserves shooting specific is how much English cocker spaniels have changed the game for me and other guides. Um, because I had Towser kind of he had like a. About a week of hunting where he was just wore out. Mm-hmm. Like he was just had to leave him at home and doing the job without that dog now is like I'm lost because <laughs> here here's what the cocker allows. He's a allow, he allows your pointing dogs to stay at range. You're not having to constantly bring those dogs in close to find a single or a dead bird that you mark down. You know, and he's, you can step within 10 feet of him. You're not having to call those dogs back in under your feet to find that bird because your cockers, he, he's on it. Mm-hmm. And so it really allows your other dogs to hunt, stay at range. And I just, they work so hard. They got huge hearts. And I think they've really changed the game. Yeah. And I, um, I was talking to somebody and, they mentioned like, oh yeah, we uh, we just do the. They don't they don't like cockers at this plantation. They like the old traditional switch and kick. And I'm like, as a guide, I'm over that. Yeah, I'm not stepping in front of those guns ever again. Yeah, you know, I got a little pocket rocket that'll go in there and get those birds up. Uh-oh. No need for me to be anywhere in front of people. And you know. We're kind of in a day and age where gun safety is at, seems like at an all-time low. So it is even more paramount that, you know, the cocker's getting up the birds and I'm watching my shooters. Um, So that's just a little guide thing. Like, cockers have changed. I mean, they have already changed the game, but this year was kind of a, whoa, they have really, really changed how I do things. So. Mm-hmm. Cocker Spaniels. <laughs> you hear that, Craig? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Craig, you hear that? <laughs> yeah. Someone's in the market. Yeah. Um, Shane will figure out what I'm talking about. Yep. Because he got one. Um, all right. So we're on number ones. I think, you, Jace, you did your number one. Yeah, that was yep, the hunting yep. mentor thing. That so was my, really insightful. Should have saved that one. Yeah, mine's not insightful. I had some pretty insightful stuff before this, but this is just simple overview. Yeah. Be patient Yeah. Mm-hmm. with my puppy mm-hmm. because it's very easy to lose your temper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with a young dog and a young, I mean, a, a new hunter at, like myself. You know, so just be patient in all things with your new dog. So let me ask you a question <laughs> about that. Do you feel like hunting with friends that you're able to keep your cool more or yes. hunting by yourself? 
Yes. With friends? With friends. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I need to behave <laughs> yeah. in front of my friends. I don't need to look like a complete idiot. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's just an overview. Yeah, Henry had that great, great. He had that great, uh, great sage advice on season one of the podcast. If you want to go back and listen, but uh, you can. It takes months to years to make a good bird dog, and seconds to ruin. Yeah, for sure. And so, which I'm not one to lose my temper. No, you're not. So, I mean, I can, but just not really out in the field. Because Atlas does what I want him to do out there, but yeah. at home. Yeah. <laughs> it's very easy. You know, on that note, this is not one that I put on there because I don't know if I wanted to share this on the podcast, but I will. Um, like, I shared it with my small group um, that I really got near the end of the guide season. There's a thing when you get to the end, by the time you get to the end of February, early March, you've kind of had it. And especially when it's 88, 90 degrees. Yeah. And you know, I had really nice guests. It's not a reflection of the people who were hunting, but it was just, the hunts were really hard. The dogs are worn out from a season, mm-hmm. a hard two months. I mean, a six month season, but January, February, so hard on these dogs. It's getting hot. Dogs are getting frustrated because we don't always have the best shooters. And, you know, I found myself, like, really being hard on my dogs, not because they were making, like, honest mistakes, but because I had guests with me, I was feeling the pressure, Mm -hmm. and I took it out on my dogs. And there came a point where I even told my small group, I'm, like, really convicted about this. I just stopped. I'm like, the dogs are doing great. They're working their butts off for me. I couldn't ask them to do anything else. If they screw this hunt up, whatever. I'm a terrible guide or right. or whatever. Write a review. Review me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I mean, I just, uh, you know, hats off to the dogs this season. They did. They worked so flipping hard. That was not my number one. But <laughs> my number one is circling back to something that Caleb said. Better gear is nice, but it does not put more birds in the bag. Not at all. <laughs> um, I upgraded quite a bit of my gear for this season and really didn't notice an uptick in it bringing more <laughs> birds to me. It's like magic birds appearing. It made some things like a little more comfortable, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> a little nicer. The GPS collars were nice just because you know you're on these properties and you've got like a reasonable safety net of a dog just not running off we were dealing with young dogs this Mm -hmm. year atlas did get out to 300 yards in about one time (laughs) near a highway otherwise we wouldn't be as nervous but we were on our farm and he kind of got off in a direction of a highway so it kind of made things easier but it's not like we found more birds because we had GPS collars or nicer vests or uh, nicer guns, which we both quickly upgraded our guns. Um, I mean, yeah, going back to what Caleb said and Jace, just go 
if you've got the bare minimum of stuff, go. Yeah. Because <laughs> don't again, let it stop you. Yeah, just yeah. like a bird, you're not gonna make a bird dog keeping your dog in the box. You're not gonna be a good bird hunter sitting on the couch waiting nope. on an Amazon package to get there. No. You just need to go. And uh, I ended up slimming down a lot of my stuff. It all stayed in my truck. It was all pretty much ready to go when anybody was like, hey, you want to go? And I was like, yep, I'm, it's ready. <laughs> Put the dogs in the truck and yep. and go. But that's kind of my my number one is don't worry about gear. My frustration in that one, to be honest, comes from, you know, I was reading through Gundog magazine, and I understand how they make money, okay? <laughs> Subscriptions ain't paying the salaries. No. It's no. ads. Ads are paying the salaries. But I was like 15 pages in to the magazine, and there was like one page of content. Mm-hmm. The rest was just ads for yeah. for stuff. And I was like, man, I'd hate to know that I needed all this stuff to go bird hunting, you know. I I already, compared to my dad's generation, I already feel silly with the amount of stuff (laughs) I think I need to go bird hunting. So, you know, just something to keep in mind uh, uh, for all you guys wanting to get started. Um, We are Everyman Upland. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of our vision is uh, to low, to show you that the the entry, the bar to entry can be pretty low. Yeah. Speaking of low entry bars, that expensive dog. <laughs> yeah, 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 here we go. I do know of a litter of puppies coming that will be free. Uh, there might be a nominal uh, fee to cover like shots yeah, and stuff like that, bills. vet stuff. But um, it's a drop, uh, it's drop, uh, litter of drop puppies, uh, just like my Purdy dog. Which is an which awesome is a, dog. Yeah, she is amazing. <laughs> and uh, so if you're thinking about that as a prospect for you, um, message me. We'll talk about it. Of course, it's going to be like lim- very limited, but um, I will try to put in a good word for you. They're not my personal dogs, so this is no guarantee. <laughs> I'm just saying it could be happening. So, yeah, hit me up about it. What else? Oh, we got some questions. Do you guys want to take some questions real quick? Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. Thank you for your top five stuff. I think this year was a good learning year for not only us, but these young dogs. I've had young dogs before, but I'm like you, Jace. My oldest is almost six. And uh, in my young, you know, I've got two like pretty new Mm -hmm. puppies and you kind of forget how hard the puppy (laughs) puppy years are until you get another puppy and you're like, okay. Time to train. Well, and your, and your expectations are already the bar set high because you've got finished dogs, and then you've got this yeah. little grub running around, and you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, and, and, man, talking about, you know, hunting in a group real quick, you know, as much as I wanted to, like, 
hunt with my friends like Caleb and Henry and bring Purdy, who is the bird finding machine, we couldn't no. for most of the yeah. season because yeah. she was so I would have to tell Caleb like she needs a break. Mm-hmm. She needs like a three day break so she can go back to guiding. Which- but gave us all, a good opportunity to run the young dogs. Yeah, and so we hunted probably 90% mm-hmm. puppies. Yep. Young, real young dogs. And they did good. I mean, I think for their first season, we got some uh, – our next episode. So if you're looking forward to next episode, we are going to get to these questions. But next episode is going to be our top five off-season goals. Like, goals. like what are we doing – now that bird season's over, what are we? What projects are we trying to undertake? What are we trying to do with dogs? All that kind of stuff. So, if you're interested in off-season stuff, tune into the next episode. That is at Halls Creek, Halls dot Creek dot Home. Um, Drake. Oh, is that Drake? Drake. Oh, hey Drake. Um, he he did ask tips for off-season training. That's basically what our we're going to do a whole episode Tune on that in next so week, yeah it, it's, right. it's going to be definitely mentioned on the next episode but we may do a whole episode on off-season dog training yeah. goals um we covered mentor advice at craig banger craig banger um <laughs> asked am i bringing the podcasting equipment to hollywood yes yes i am <laughs> i have one last hunt uh, for the year, um, a preserve hunt that I'm doing with Craig and Henry. And, yeah, we'll bring the podcast equipment. We'll do a little uh, uh, Upland I Pray. We'll, we'll we'll just call it Upland I Pray with Craig Banger. Yeah, yeah, he'll explain what all that means. Um, <laughs> and at Trinity Bretons, Josh Ritter. Ritter? Ryder? Josh, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. <laughs> When y'all coming to that, that's not what he said. When are y'all coming to the prairies or the north woods? Great question. October. Jason's going in October. <laughs> <laughs> I would really I haven't talked to Jace about it, but I would really, really like to go uh on that public land trip to Perfect. Michigan. Well either I mean Michigan, I've done Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, upstate New York. We we got options. Ooh, actually, okay. We'll talk off the air. I do <laughs> yeah, have yeah. a prospect, perhaps in Maine. That was that's on my list. Yeah. So, so um, yeah. So that I and Josh, I don't know. We have our group has been talking. Full disclosure: our group has been talking whether we want to go to the Midwest or to the southwest yeah i think we all want to go to the southwest <laughs> <laughs> it's just more exotic i'm I'm gonna say exotic yeah. to us yeah i mean the desert we don't have that around here um so i'm kind of interested in chasing gambles and blue quail and we kind of have a in over we there. do kind of <laughs> have an in in north new mexico so uh looking forward to possibly chasing gambles and blue quail with my brother he doesn't fully know about that yet <laughs> uh, we've <laughs> travis we've, yeah travis we've talked about it um but 
nothing's in stone, but I think everybody's kind of like, we want to go to the Southwest. Yeah. I'd love uh, to. I'd love to get out to the. That's prairie. more wife friendly as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no hate uh, to our Iowa and yeah. uh, Nebraska no. listeners, but it's not, those states aren't real high on my wife's <laughs> travel yeah. uh, itinerary. Maine yeah. super attractive. Yeah. I can make that happen. Exactly. New Mexico. I feel like I can make that happen. Iowa, Nebraska. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm very excited exactly. about visiting your state to hunt. Um, getting my wife to go with me might be the issue there. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. I was in Alliance, uh, Nebraska last January, pheasant and sharpie hunting, and uh, <laughs> not definitely uh, not a place for the women folk uh, with with like hey unless so, you're a woman hunter exactly. come on now well I, I i guess but i can assure you my <laughs> wife is was did not want to do anything with sub-zero degrees in like 20 uh, plus so, yeah. i don't know um, if i want to do that to be honest <laughs> with you <laughs> hey we were we were smacking birds and having a good time so it, it was totally worth it but um this but yeah, yeah this february in georgia early february was cold enough to where I was like, I'm just tired of being cold. I'm just tired. Of and then we went on a fishing trip to Asheville, 21 degrees? 21, yeah. 21 degrees when we got on the boat. I've never had to stop fishing 15, 20 minutes in and break the ice out of the eyes of my rod. <laughs> yeah. Because so the line you, quit yeah, coming through. You couldn't shoot fly line because the, the it was frozen yeah. to the rod. <laughs> But we caught fish. Yeah, yeah. Again, shout out, uh, Bam Hall. Yeah. A friend of the show now. <laughs> um, that was a fun trip. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. That was a super fun trip. We might trip. have to do a fishing episode. <laughs> I'm going to just warn our listeners, season two, heading in the spring, there's going to be some talk of fishing. Okay. <laughs> I know this is Everman Upland, but fishing, I don't know about you, Jace, but down here where we are, fishing is a spring, summer, like you, you just got to do it. Yep. You got to oh, throw hey, a beetle spin. I'm I'm all for the fishing, but if it's gobbling, I'm chasing it in spring. So <laughs> oh, that's your true. Boy, <laughs> your boy's going to be turkey hunting. So, um, so stay yeah, on the we, line after we get off of the show because <laughs> I, I do have to talk to you about that too. Um, Perfect. All right. Anything else? I think that was a great top five lessons learned. Um, guys, thank you for sticking with us through a season. I know we've been kind of absent uh, through the hunting season, but hopefully you've been out there hunting and not just like sitting around listening to podcasts. But if you are sitting around <laughs> listening to podcasts, thank you for listening yeah. to ours. Uh, we hope to be putting out content on a more regular basis now that things are kind of slowing down. Uh with guiding and hunting and, and I'm done with school so that should open up a little time um, once Henry's done which he's still going at, at the guiding thing he'll be uh, on the show so thank you guys we'll see you hopefully next week this has been Sam Baker with the Everyman Upland Podcast